0: Hello and welcome to Sifpop Writers Room. My name is not Aaron. It is, in fact, Robert. I'm one of the editors at Sifpop.com. And today I'm joined by Sifpop.com writers, Chantel.
1: How's it going?
0: And Sifpop.com writer, Caleb. What's up? We are here to talk about season four of Succession, the fourth and final season of what has, for me, been my favorite show since I started it. Um, we can get into that for you guys if you want. I think we're going to start off just very briefly for those who haven't seen it, say our typical SIFPOP rating of like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or is just okay for the season as a whole. And after we hear that for our, each of the three of us, we're just going to dive right into spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show or if you haven't seen season four all the way through, uh, I would recommend not listening to this episode just yet, but I would also kindly request that you come back once you've seen it and listen to our thoughts. So yeah, let's, let's just do a quick... Uh, like I love it, dislike it, hate it, just okay. Uh, Chantel, what did you think of season four of Succession?
1: Um, I would have to say, even though I was disappointed with it being the last season, I would have to mm-hmm. say I actually loved this season. It was they did like a really good job of wrapping it up, even though I do not feel like they could have kept going, but I felt like they just put like a lid on it. So I think it mm-hmm. was definitely a good season. Caleb, what about you?
2: Yeah, I loved it too. I thought they took some big swings, and I thought they pretty much pulled all of them off uh i i that, you know they weren't afraid to take risks you know i think a lot of times in tv shows yeah. the last seasons are like pretty safe they're just like focused mm. on yeah. making sure the fans are happy with like the ending of a bunch of different characters i thought this one they took a lot of risks and i really liked it i love the season
0: i think unfortunately we aren't gonna have too much dissension in our conversation it's <laughs> just gonna be three people praising it because i also really <laughs> really loved this final season um, I have to say that I sometimes it might be a little bit more interesting when there's some disagreement, but just as a whole, there isn't much disagreement from people on Succession in general. Let alone the final season. Um, like there are the people who do the "I don't want to root for billionaires" or "Don't make me watch them" or do that sort of thing. But to me, that's the only type of person, at least online, that I've seen who don't like the show or who have anything to, bad to say about it. Other than that, the worst yeah. thing I've heard about i heard about it is that it's not the best show of all time, which it's like, that's a very high bar right there. So um, I'll, I'll take it if you don't think it's the best show of all time, but still see it as good. Um, so yeah, with that, I think all three of us really love the, the final season here. So again, if you haven't seen season four of Succession, click away now and come back once you've seen it. Uh, we'd appreciate it. So there's your, there's your spoiler warning. I have, I don't really have any notes coming into this. I'll, I'll, I'll be frank about that. I um, I'll be Frank. I'll be Carl. I'll be Jerry about that. I, um, <laughs> I do so much thinking and talking about succession. Like I, I just live at home with me and my wife and she loves it just like I do. So like yeah. <laughs> we have podcasts all on our own, just sitting on the couch. Uh, so I'm just ready to t- go in whatever direction you guys want to go in. Is there anything either of you wanted to start off with? Are there any, like, big thoughts about, like, why you love it? Again, spoiler-filled, say whatever you want.
1: Well, um, with me, I thought it was kind of crazy, like, how um, we were basically rooting for, like, for Logan to kind of, like, kick the bucket from, like, the very first season. And they didn't kind of, like, they didn't, like, execute it. They, like, tried to do it in the first season. But then, like, when that – that for, um, the third episode happened and they were like telling us like that's going to be like the biggest episode of like a ball for the season not thinking like oh like they're just not gonna you know pull it through but they actually pulled it off with like logan actually kicking the bucket and i just remember sitting there and i was just like i wasn't ready for it mm-hmm. i thought this man was gonna like live on forever like because you think like with that man who has like that kind of like energy who's just like Oh, the crap they, like, oh man But, like, you just think, like, oh, they're just gonna Keep the bucket, like, they don't have it that long But it's like, he did last a little longer Than we expected, but we weren't expecting it To happen so quickly It was like, as soon as we got him into the season It was like, he was gone Like, just like that, and it was just like Whole time, mouth open I, like, I couldn't, like Wrap my head around, like, that whole season That whole episode, because it was like One take, I think they were saying that they did it in Was, like, in one Mm -hmm. full take and it was just, like, for them to just, like, to keep the ball rolling and then, like, just to react, like, the way they did, it was just, like, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was just, I I couldn't believe oh, yeah. that they actually pulled it off. Like, that whole, it was just, just dumbfounded. I it, I was blown away by that, like, that whole scene because it was just, like, the whole time, like, he's on the plane and then it's, like, the next thing you know, they're, like, on the boat and then it's, like, uh, Tom is, like, calling, um, it's calling Roman, and it's like the next thing I was like, he's gone, and it's just like, like this is actually like real. Like he, he's like, this whole thing is like complete is like complete chaos.
0: I think that's part of what made it so good for me too is that it's like real life, Um and by not showing Logan, you're almost in the same position as Roman, in denial. Yes, we we've seen Logan, even though he's had these medical episodes throughout the show you don't expect it just happen you're like expect oh he's gonna get sick and then there's gonna gonna be a whole episode in the hospital but no it just happens it's like real life uh and i i really appreciate how the show was able to do that yeah that was really cool because like
2: yeah when i i rewatched pretty much all the show before this new season came out Mm -hmm. you rewatch season one and you think uh logan's like illness like sickness health is going to be like a major storyline. And they pretty much didn't mess with it a ton after season one for the most part. And I think it's probably partially because Brian Cox is so good in that role. Yeah. Like, I feel like they yeah. were like, oh, like we have to keep this guy around. Like, we can't kill him off this early. But to reverse it to where you're expecting it to happen, like most of the first season. And then through season two and three, it's like barely brought up at all for the most part. And it kind of, you kind of let your guard down. And then, just like yeah. early into this new season, they just do it, and kind of like yeah. you guys said, so unceremoniously. Like they didn't give him a big dramatic death; they didn't give him a big like memorial episode. Is no. did it like six minutes into an episode, and then the rest of the episode was no longer about him; it was about all the other characters reacting to the news, which was just so
0: right. cool. Yeah, Chantel, I think you mentioned it at the towards the top, um, or. Maybe it was Caleb, I already forgot, I apologize. But one of you said something about what final seasons and final episodes are typically like. This season is not like a typical final season. It's not sentimental at all, I don't think. Like not, you're not. It's not playing the hits, it's not saying like, let's bring this character back for one more time. I mean, right. it does, like you do see characters for one more time and they're coming back, but it's not like applause break, you know, it's not... Uh, this is the last time the friends are going to be in the apartment. You know, it's just, right. hey, things can happen at any moment. This is what it's like. And that's kind of what I really appreciate. Again, I appreciate a lot of this. Um, and I say that for a lot of stuff that I just kind of respect formally in terms of their filmmaking and television making in this case. But I go so much further than appreciating it, too, because I think this season is moving because you have the Logan's death episode, which had me on the verge of tears. And I'll be honest, I'm not necessarily there a lot in movies and TV, right. even though I do feel empathy for characters. But I was I was ready for a silly Connor-centric episode because Connor's one of my favorite characters. And then all of a sudden, his big day is ruined, our big day is ruined, and you yeah. have this. And then to have four episodes later to go to the election episode and you're reminded just how despicable these people are yes the show's ability to make you feel for them and then remind you what it's all about just within that span uh is mind-boggling to me
1: it is to me i felt the same way too as well like um like at the beginning it's like you see like the three siblings like i i love when like the Roy, like the roy siblings like get together and it was really rare for them to like to band together because they were like Mm -hmm. always on like different sides so like to see this new season start with them being together and then eventually it's like they're being pulled more together because after their father passing it just brought them closer together but like you said when you get to the uh the election episode, you just start seeing everybody starting to turn against each other again. It's just like you said again. It's like you just starting to see them as who they are as people. It's like it's still all about the money. It's all about power and who's going to be on top. So even though we do get that little sliver of like happiness of like the royce like roy siblings, like I thought they were really going to like get it together like all the way to the end, mm-hmm. but of course they just pull that rug from underneath me and it's like, guess what? It's like, these people are still terrible. Like, so it's like, I was happy with those moments, but then I still understand like, just because something tragic happens is not going to change a person.
0: Right. Not inherently.
2: Yeah. And you know, one like minor critique I saw about the season was about like the couple episodes immediately following um, the third one of the season where Logan dies about how it felt like the show lost its center of gravity a little bit. But I almost think narratively, like that was the point. You know, like the right. the show overarching is, you know, showing these kids and they're Logan has almost taught them to like need him, always need his approval. And exactly. you know, they're none of them, very rarely are they trying to do something for themselves. They're just trying to earn their dad's approval or copy what their dad did and show that they can be their dad too. And, you know, the whole point of the show, none of them are him, you know, none, you know, Kendall, Kendall's whole, you know, arc (laughs) is about how he felt like he was supposed to be, you know, the next Logan Roy. And he's just not, Mm -hmm. none of them are. And um, so like, I almost felt like that's kind of the point of the show to lose, lose the center of gravity for a little bit, almost feel off kilter because that's how these kids feel as soon as their dad passes, you know, they they don't know what to do, you know, like Logan's just always been like that guy barking orders and telling them what to do. And like this guy right. that they're always looking to for approval. And then suddenly they've right. lost it.
1: And that's why I love in the one episode, I think it was the second one when Connor wanted to like go out for like mm. before his big day. Yeah. And when they finally like meet up with their dad at the karaoke, uh, at the Kirk uh, karaoke uh, place, and he basically told him when he was like, He's like you are my children but he was like you you guys are unserious people and he meant that and he was and he was right like his kids were like all the way to the end his kids were unserious people it's like Mm -hmm. you couldn't take them serious it's like yes they were trying to make these power moves like they're dead like they were just trying to like like they were like they were trying to be their dad and like a few times and throughout the episode like there were a few times where they're like you're not Logan and they're like, and that's okay. It's like, you're trying to be like your father and you're not. And that's fine. But it was like, they were just trying to live up to their father or just, just trying to, like you said, like trying to be more like trying to get the, trying to get his approval. But it was like, it just wasn't like connecting with their dad at all.
0: And it's funny that we say kids because one, that's the only term (laughs) that we have for, you know, adult (laughs) offspring but also, yes. it's especially fitting for these three, again, kids, because they've never grown. They've never matured. Kendall says in the final episode that Logan promised him the company when he was seven years old. And right. apart from probably learning some more creative ways to swear, I don't really know how much Kendall <laughs> has changed or learned or grown <laughs> since that, that time in the whatever kitchen that he said when he was seven years old. Um okay. Oh, no, now I lost a train of thought. Yeah, I'll just talk about how they were kids. Mm -hmm. So just to see how he's, you know, not grown since he was seven years old, and he's still the exact same, um, and not, and all he wants is to get the approval of his dad, even when he's, even when his dad is dead, you know, he wants to show that he's good enough, even though he never, he never is, he never was, he never will be, like you were saying, Caleb. It's a tragedy, but it also shows that he's a buffoon. I remember what I was going to say now. Someone pointed out that if you watch through the entire show and you didn't want to um, pay attention to like the main characters and just watch the background characters and watch how they respond to the things that the Roy kids say and do throughout the entire show, it's just none of them take them seriously. And like Logan says, they're not serious people. Very... Um, you notice that like in the last episode as they're fighting while the board meeting is just happening in the other room and it just like cuts away to outside the room and just they seem like little children they Mm -hmm. they seem they act like little children who are fighting over their favorite toy and man just it i think it, it reframes the whole show to me just to know after all they're not serious people because i thought there was a very real chance that kendall could have come out on top and then he just you know becomes his dad and perpetuates this cycle but no the way they decided to frame it was that they're not serious they never have like roman says they're bs you know he finally recognizes it he tells it to his brother um just to put the cap on that and just to say hey these people aren't serious they're BS, they're fake, they're garbage. Don't listen to ha- anything they have to say. But at the same time, they have so much to do with the safety of so many different types of people in the country and in the world. That's the main problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they just never, like kind of like you said, you know, like Kenno gets told when he's seven.
2: Mm-hmm. They never evolved past that mindset. And yeah. like, like, they're given so many opportunities. You know, even as, in this... N- for last season they're starting to work together at the beginning and they're coming up with an idea and it's probably a terrible idea, but at least, you know, they're coming up, they're trying to work on something new and then the first chance they get to revert back and try to just copy their dad again, they do it. And that's what sends us down this whole spiral in this last season is that first episode, that choice they make to instead of just trying to build their own thing, they try to they decide to get into bidding war with their dad. And then, you know, he dies and then they decide that they just want to take over his thing again. it's just like, it's just a vicious cycle. And Kendall, you know, talks about it. They talk about it in the last episode when they're deciding, when they're trying to decide who's going to be the one. You know, they talk about how the position basically, you know, kills you. Like there's no, like it's terrible for you. It's terrible for the people around you. And yet they're fighting over it and they can't agree on it because – It's just like cycle of abuse that they've been like they've just decided that they want to like they have to or else, you know, like Kendall's whole thing. You know, he mentions it several times that the job might kill him, but he has like settled on the idea in his mind that his life is meaningless unless he gets this position, even though, you know, you think about in this last season, he loses his kids. He loses like his siblings by the end, like he loses everybody around him to try to go after this position. He's basically left empty in it. It's because, like, they never got past that mindset that this is what, you know, they're meant to do. that they, they, they can't do
0: anything else. They all just get sucked back into the same circle of abuse. He was almost in the same position as his dad with no one right. except Colin, mm-hmm. uh, except he doesn't have the company either. Yeah. it, it, it Like Chantal was saying, it's none of them or their dad.
1: And that's why I think it was kind of crazy, too, like, towards the end, like, with uh, Kendall and, like, when you were saying... Um, like, uh, Kay was saying, like, how he, like, lost his kids and everything. And and it was crazy how, like, when uh, when Re- uh, Rayva came back in and she's, like, trying to tell him, like, hey, like, this guy that you're backing, like, you shouldn't do it. Like, it's like, did you forget, like, who, like, who you have as a daughter? Like, and he wasn't, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't kind of, like, computing because, once again, he's just thinking about the whole power aspect. He's just trying to think of, like, this is what I'll do when I'm, like. You know, in that in that chair that my father once was in, and he was basically like, how he was telling her, like, "Oh, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for like, you know, I'm that's who I'm doing it for." But technically, when you're thinking about it, it's like, Kendall, you're it's like you're not even thinking of your children. You're thinking of yourself, and you just trying to grab approval from your from your father, who's basically you know, that hasn't even been in the grave that long. And it's like, you're still just like, we've all been saying, like he's been trying to fight for his approval, but it's like, there's other matters at hand, but he's not even paying attention to him because he's so focused on the company.
0: And that's even a callback, Kendall yelling, this is is for my kids, this is for our kids. It's a callback to the family therapy episode way back in season one, where Logan says, everything I've done, I've done for my kids. But he doesn't mean it. Just like right. Kendall doesn't mean it, because the first chance that um, Kendall realizes that Shiv is trying to backstab him in the election episode, Man. he he's like, all right, screw my daughter, basically. You know, I'm not yeah. going to go with a Democratic candidate. Yeah. I'm just going with Mencken because he's the one who's going to keep me in charge. yeah.
2: Everybody, you know, all my friends, you know, co-workers, they know I love a show. I'm pretty sure I've been talking about the show, like nothing about the show for the last two months. And mm-hmm. you know, people were asking me, you know, because they had seen, you know, it's the final episode. They're like, Were you satisfied with how they ended it? And I was like, Yes and no, but that's kind of the point. You know, like right.
1: you're not right. supposed to be rooting, really? you're not supposed to be
2: rooting for any of them to succeed, but like <laughs> right. in the back of your mind, you like kind of are. And, you know, you're left with, like, the ending is pretty empty. You know, they all oh, are yeah. left pretty empty, and it kind of leaves you with an empty feeling. But, like, trying to explain that to people was was difficult because they were like, huh? So, like, it was a bad ending? I'm like, no, 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 no. The ending was great, but I felt empty hey. watching. Like, I just felt empty when it was done. Uh, and that's, like, just the power of the show. That's how, like, brilliant it is, is that, like, you know, these are all terrible people, but you just couldn't help but, like, kind of – hope that they would get it together. And then for a brief yeah. sliver in the final episode, it seemed like they had, but you know, you just kind of yeah. knew in the back of your mind, something was going to happen to blow it all up. And uh they just left you that like stunning shot of Kendall on the bench overlooking the yeah. Hudson. And I mean, uh, Brittell outdid himself with the score in this season. Oh my God. Um, yes. The, the, Oh my gosh. The song playing at the end, like the final song is so heartbreaking and like perfect. To finish the show. I, I like that was another thing. I just couldn't shut up about it. And, you know, everybody's asking me, I'm like, the music in the final episode is yes. so
1: good. It was just to me, the way how it ended, I I don't know why. I just <laughs> as soon as I saw Kendall like get on the elevator, I literally thought he was going up and over. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like the next thing, like I literally thought like that was like the last scene we were gonna see, like Kendall. That's like that was like the first thing that came to my mind. I was like I'm like, he's about to go up to like the top floor and he is just about to go like right over. And it was like, I thought the show was going to end with like sirens, but it's like, we didn't get that. We got the complete opposite. But what was crazy is to find out that he, like Jeremy Strong, like actually like went over the (laughs) the rail. Like he was getting ready to jump in the Hudson. And I was literally thought like, it just seems like Kendall finds himself always like gravitating towards water for some very reason. It's like- I don't know what it is about water that like pulled that man like every time it seemed like it was like some kind of dramatic moment that happened to him where he's like getting pulled to the water. So for him that actually thinking about, you know, wanting to take his life, that's where I thought it was going to end. I really thought that like even if one of the kids didn't get the company, which they didn't, I I literally thought like something bad was going to happen and it kind of didn't but it did (laughs) but i was kind of hoping for i guess a little bit more for that ending but i think it was still like a good ending with like especially like with jeremy strong like he gets in like that mode where he just does that like somber like look and he does like that walk of like longing it's just like you know it's like he's like eating that scene up like every single time because it's like you kind of like feel his pain But then again, it's like you kind of put yourself in that position.
0: I just call it the sad candle walk. I, I like the the Leo pointing at the screen every time he does it. I just get excited every time he does
1: it. I just love it. His head just starts to go down, and then then the shoulders drop.
0: And the acting with the eyes too. You know, it's his eyes change so
2: much. No, yeah, like Strong's performance is just. Unreal because like the character of Kendall under you know a different performance is just like really funny like he's just somebody right. would we'll make fun of him all the time but like right. strong like you guys mentioned like with his eyes and his facial expression I mean strong turned him into such an empathetic character and we talked about he's so terrible but you can't help but like <laughs> hurt for him in the end
0: right and that's like
2: one of the beauties of this show and like the beauties of Jeremy Strong's performance I don't know how many other actors could have portrayed that character and like gotten that much empathy out of somebody like that. You know, I mean, he's, you know, even at the end, he loses the company, he's still a billionaire, but he, he, and you know, he still has all this money and stuff, but like, you just can't help but hurt
0: for him. And it's a lot of, it's due to Strong's performance. I've always gravitated towards the character of Kendall throughout the show, just because it seemed like he was the one who wanted to do right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they're all obviously out for themselves, but there's, there's always been glimmers that he has some sort of, uh, I don't want to say altruism or selflessness, but there's just something where he realizes that he's privileged beyond belief, beyond 99.9% of people in the world, and he wants to do better.
1: Right.
0: Um, and that's part of what's so heartbreaking to me at the end, that yeah. he lets it all go. Like you said, he gets rid of Rava, he gets rid of Jess. Uh, his kids, you know, he can't see his kids anymore. Everything. He's alone by the water. Again, that motif um, with just Colin. And as for his performance, I think it works because there's been I don't I'm not here to speculate on behind the scenes issues, but there's been plenty of reporting about how seriously he takes himself and <laughs> quotes from himself about how seriously he takes himself yeah, right. and his and his role. Um, yeah. And that comes across in the character to me. You know, Kendall sees himself as, again, since he was seven years old, sees himself as this successor, as this savior who's going to come and you know, this white knight who's going to come and F the patriarchy and, you know, take <laughs> right. over and change the culture. And in him taking himself so seriously, it fits for Kendall because while Roman's goofing off and Shiv is only out to, you know, for her own interests and you never know really know what Tom and Greg's, you know, main interests are and all that. right. You, you have that center with Jeremy Strong, and this is definitely an ensemble show, and I want to get into a couple other actors if we can briefly, but yes. Yes. The, <laughs> the, the, uh, I think Strong is definitely the heartbeat of the show, and I, I'll introduce a different character real quick and say that I think uh, Kieran Culkin as Roman impressed yes. me the yes. most out of everyone. Uh, not that he necessarily gave the best performance because I think everyone gave the best performance, but uh, just the way, you know, he's a little dickish, you know, throughout yeah. the first three seasons. And he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, well, the, he, the he, pilot he just, episode with the kid on the baseball.
2: Oh my driver, God. Right? Like, like that, right. God, if you had told me after the pilot Jesus. that I'd feel sorry for
0: that character at any point in the show, I wouldn't have believed you.
1: Right. Exactly. So
2: how he
0: I, like ma'am. gets into, you know, Denial during the Logan death episode, breaking down during the funeral episode, but also you know going for the power moves during the election episode. He runs the gamut of everything. You know, threatening Matson up on top of the mountain while he's <laughs> yes. peeing. You know, yes. man.
1: <laughs> To me, like that. I think for me, it was just showing um, Roman as like a. To, I've always loved uh, Roman, but mm-hmm. I just think it's because, like you said, he's. <laughs> he's been he's like a dick like he's very dickish and it just works for him perfectly because i mean like when you're the middle child you are a little bit of a dick um but, (laughs) but um um i thought to me like that whole pilot when he did that to that kid and he like ripped that that check in front of him i remember um i remember someone like tweeting like the scene and i remember like um replying to it like that would be that kid's uh origin story like his villain origin story (laughs) like that moment right there it's like you have someone who's a billionaire ripping up a check in front of you and it's just like you have enough money to like give this kid but um But the like, fast forward to, like, this season, just to kind of, like, see Roman change in a way, like, but he's still, like, that dickish person, but you just start to kind of, like, see him going through, like, the five, you know, like, the five steps of, like, grief. It's, like, you just see him, like, like, as soon as he got that phone call, he was just, like already like we don't know he's dead or not and it's like you just see like him go through like the anger part like with like the impulse with like Manson, like he said like on top of the mountain and it was just like that whole scene i was just like he literally like dropped the ball on that one because he's like Mm -hmm. literally trying to grieve and it's like if you think about it like these guys really didn't even like have a chance to grieve like at all and even though even though they, like, said, like, the whole thing about, like, their dad, like, oh, we're, like, trying to, like, you know, kick him out and everything, even though their relationship was, you know, estranged, it was still their father, so, but just to watch him kind of, like, break, like, the whole scene when they went out to Hollywood, and, like, he ended up firing, like, the executive, and then he, like, turned around and, like, turned on Jerry and was, like, I'll fire you, too, and it was just, like, he just, just, like, running amok, and, like, the whole thing was, like, the election night, like, he, like, Basically, kind of like pressured Tom to like make the call. Like, he was like, make the call, make the call, make the call. And then it's like, he wanted to like the whole thing when he was ready to like take on like their dad's, you know, like funeral. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I'll be ready to like take on the speeches. And it's like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, Roman's the worst person to like get up on that, like, that podium and like talk about his father when he like at their, at his funeral. And as we see, he literally breaks down like he just falls apart and to me i think that was like some of like his best performances like in throughout this season or yeah throughout the season for me it was like he was like showing like his strong suit like he can actually hang in there with jeremy and not saying that he was better than jeremy it's just that he can hang up there with him as well i think that he could be like in there in the running this year but i think he did like a really good job this season
0: I have to just say real quick, the scene where he meets with the the studio exec and she says, my condolences. And he says, mm, tummy full, I have enough condolences. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite one-liners of the entire season.
2: No, like Roman, it's such a balancing act between him being a monster. And then in the end, he's almost like the most emotionally, like, knowledgeable yeah, kid at standard. the end you know like he like <laughs> is the first one to kind of you know when they're meeting on like that island with their at their mom's house you know he's like the first one to pull out and while he doesn't admit that he doesn't want it you know he clearly is like saying you know what I don't want this anymore like I've right. seen I've gotten a taste of it and it's not for me and then at the right. end you know like his talk with Kendall where he's like we're all nothing like we're all making all this stuff up. Like, this is not as like, we're not as serious as we believe ourselves to be.
1: Exactly. And he's like trying
2: to like get Kendall, like to realize it. Um, and and you just think like that was the finale and like, you know, two episodes before that he's like this raging monster, like running around the, their newsroom and like like <laughs> directly Wait. affecting like decisions in America and having no regard for how they're going to impact like people that are less fortunate than him just that act in the range that Colkin showed. So mm-hmm. where like one minute you're like scared of him. And then the next minute, you know, he's crying at the funeral and he's being looked at as like weak for basically being right. the only one to respond to Logan's death in a human way. When you think right. about it. like, exactly. like uh, you know, Kendall and Shiv and Connor, like none of them really responded. I mean, Connor was a little more healthy, but especially Kendall and Shiv like didn't really respond to it healthily. Roman's right. the only one that really shows any sadness like during the funeral exactly. and he's looked at it as like this weak person or, like it's weird and you just think about like how much they asked Colkin to do and then you guys mentioned earlier when he takes on Matson on top of that mountain like that speech that speech is probably his Emmy reel like this probably like the yeah. clip they used for the Emmys this year they're going to show that scene but like you just think about the range that they asked him to do kind of you know each episode he was almost like the comedic relief and kind of like a lot of times the emotional core like part of the emotional core of the episode as well um yeah it was just really impressive from him this season
1: and just to add on to that too um the one episode at the end after um when they were i think it was the um the one where he had like fired like the executive and with uh um, and Jerry to his uh, and he was like leaving and he like saw the video of their father and it looked like someone had like mm. edited it and it was, like, the words. It was, like, just sitting there looking at him in, like, them big Bambi eyes. It was just, like, you could just see the emotion, like, in his face. Like, he was starting to believe, like, the words that hit, that was coming out of his father's mouth. Even though it was, like, altered. But he, it was, like, almost like he was literally believing, like, just in that little bit of that little clip of him just, like, replaying that video, like, over and over. It was just, like he was slow. Like I said before, he was like slowly falling apart.
0: Right. Let's talk about, since we're maybe winding down a little bit, let's, let's definitely get to Sarah Snook, uh, the other yes. of the big three. Um, because we, we can mention other actors before we're done, but I, I think we also need to give Sarah Snook the time of day because yes. she is just, again, like I said, there's no best actor on this show for me. They're all the best, they're all the best actor,
1: at least for out sure. of
0: the, there for sure um we talk about Jeremy Strong's facial acting i think hers is amazing as well um just as like she's doing the playful evil i'm thinking of the, the last episode with Tom when he tells her that it's going to be him you know it goes yeah. from like they're doing their little playful back and forth evil hatred thing and then it turns to straight rage you know yeah. or Again, the beginning of the finale, I rewatched the finale, so that one's on my mind right now. I rewatched it today. <laughs> she, at the beginning of that episode, she's cockier than ever thinking that she's about to be CEO for Waystar and Lucas is right. you know, taking her to the top. Um, and then that just slowly fades as she realizes what's actually happening when Kendall tells her that it's actually not going to be her. So to go from like that cockiness that we've never really seen uh, to this rage... Um, And then the little facial expressions that she makes, like when Kendall's filling everyone's water at the boardroom table or when he sits down in Logan's chair for the first time and she realizes like, hey, maybe I don't want him to be doing this. Like, there's so much more to her performance and just the facial acting, but I wanted to kick it off there because that's just really what sticks out to me, you know, obviously, uh, visually and aesthetically right away. But yeah, she's so good.
1: I I felt like she did like a really good job this season. I thought she was like really amazing. Like she she basically like pulled at my heartstrings. Um, during the um the Connor's wedding episode, uh, it was like when they go and get her. When Kendall goes and gets Shiv, and there's like the one scene like when you were saying like what expressions. It's like he's like trying to make his way over to her, and like when he finally does, he's like kind of like telling her what it is, and you can like slowly see like her face change and like there was like the one part where it was like for like a split second it's like they're walking and she like catches someone's eye and like her face changes into like like a really like a really soft smile just like you know just letting them know like she sees them but then it's like she just goes back into focus mode when Kendall's like telling her like there's something going on with dad like we don't know and so she's like freaking out in that whole scene when she finally gets the phone and she like literally like broke me when she like said the word daddy it was just like mm-hmm. it was kind of yeah. like she went to her young herself and she's like that little girl again and she's just like like is my father going to be okay And you know it's just like when you like you call for them you want them to say something back to you and it was like that moment it like just freaked her out because it's like she didn't get to hear his voice again
2: yeah you know robert you talked about the finale and Her performance really stood out to me in that I was reading an interview from Jesse Armstrong, the creator of the show, and Mm -hmm. he said the way that Tom and Shiv end is with a chilling equality because Mm -hmm. you think about through the whole show, Shiv has always been above Tom. And by the end, they're equals now because they both technically have power, but neither one do either. Tom did whatever it took to get there but to Shiv there's nothing more terrifying than than Tom being her equal in that relationship Mm -hmm. and I think that really hits home because her performance is so good especially in the finale when Tom tells her that it's him and you talked about her face changing you know it changes from their playful thing and there's a moment Mm -hmm. where she almost looks scared and then she gets angry and it's because you know it, it she just translates it so well you know like Shiv's character is suddenly starting to fear like,
1: Mm -hmm. oh man,
2: this like, you know, my husband who I've, (laughs) we've been treating each other like crap for the last, you know, Mm -hmm. all these seasons, suddenly he's got to be equal to me. I, I mean, she just, like, like you guys said, I mean, her performance, she just shows it so well. I don't know how many other people like just with her face alone, forget the dialogue with her face alone, just shows the different range of emotions that Siobhan goes through throughout this whole season you think about the pregnancy pregnancy storyline and when she tells tom and he doesn't believe her he thinks it's like a move how right. like so tragic the look on her face like it drops a second in. i mean yeah it's heartbreaking the look that she has and it's just such a brilliant performance
0: from her this season
1: and, and the balcony scene, scene too yes so oh that's, yeah that's the yeah. one yeah that's the next thing i was gonna say to like piggyback mm-hmm. off what caleb was saying especially when he told her like you're someone who's not capable you know of having children and just like yeah yeah, like being a mother and just the look on her face it was just like wow like it was almost kind of like when her mother kind of like said the same thing to her in the third season like when she's like oh like some women aren't meant to be mothers and she was like i should have had dogs it was almost kind of like in that line too so it was just like that look of hurt on her face like someone who is supposed to you know who's supposed to love her and like someone that's supposed to care for her and might like, be there for her but if you think about it it's like all those times like she has like broken this man down and it's like he's finally like showing like he's tired of it and it's like she's almost kind of like getting her own taste of medicine
0: are there any other actors you guys want to highlight because we could easily go one by one spend 10 15 right. minutes in each of them um <laughs> I, I just want to say real quick that i love connor and willa especially this season uh yeah, i've always liked them and i'm Kind of sad i didn't get to hear connor's eulogy uh, i know because, uh, i was so mad they yeah, robbed, the they robbed us but yeah yeah exactly i'm a Conhead for life i, I will Same. be i don't care uh slovenia or no slovenia i don't care um but <laughs> uh yeah was there anyone else you guys wanted to mention
1: um of course we had to just drop in on like Matt and we had to talk about alexander's mm-hmm. guard really quick because mm-hmm. i mean like we got like that split second with them for like a split second in season three and then we finally got like the full force of this man in this last season and he was to me he was bonkers but i loved him because you just didn't know what to expect from madsen because it's like he was like throwing his weight around just like logan was but it was almost like he just had to me i felt like he had a little bit more power then what logan even though logan has like the biggest conglomerate you know in the world but it was just that this man was like trying to like work them because wasn't like the roy like the company in debt? like weren't they in the red and this was supposed to pull them out wasn't it so yeah so to me i just thought like his whole performance was like amazing especially like the whole scene like at the table um when they're like all speaking in um swedish and it was just like how they were like just like a jackass towards like greg mm. <laughs> and like with tom and everything like that whole scene was kind do you think great. of france <laughs> exactly like that whole scene was just like great because it's like you're just seeing like someone who was kind of like logan but i just felt like Matson was just a little bit worse because he was more nonchalant and mm. i think like scars did like an amazing job of like showing you like of like someone with so much money, like this is what I can do, and there's like nothing you can stop me. Like to me, he was just kind of like kooky because like the whole thing of the blood brick, like <laughs> what what was not a whole thing with the blood brick was like out of this world. I'm like, who would think of something to do that to someone? Like I would be traumatized.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, and in the last episode when Tom calls him to let him know that Shiv knows about their yes. plan. And he's, like, yelling, get on the phone, get Frank. And where's Ebba? And Ebba's just right there. It's another (laughs) one of those, like, little funny things I love. No, I really also
2: uh, loved uh, Matthew McFadden's performance. I feel like he was kind of a secret weapon for this show. Because I just don't know that a lot of people expected this, like, type of performance out of him. But he's so pitch perfect as Tom, as, like, this, you know, this guy that's pretty, like, unassuming and kind of is, like, the – the doormat for the family, especially for the first couple seasons. And then right. you know they just underestimated him too long. And I just like I just think McFadden played him like so perfectly. Um I just don't know how many people thought like he was capable of a performance like this. But um and and also like he's really underrated comedically too. Like McFadden has some of the oh, funniest minds yeah. yeah. in this entire yeah, show. Yeah. And it's like the way he delivers them and like, it's just perfect. And then he can flip on a dime to some of the more dramatic stuff. He has some of the more empathetic scenes, like when he, you know, when he's trying to actually care for Shiv in some of the earlier seasons, like it's heartbreaking to see him doing that. And then this season to just see him, you know, kind of, I guess, ascend and like take that on as well. I thought he was um, really underrated uh, this season as well.
0: I think someone asked him a few seasons back. Uh, what his favorite line on the show was, and he said, like from his, from his own character, and he said that it was Greg in all of its permutations. Uh, and I think that's awesome. I, I've, I've there's clip, there's compilations on YouTube of just every time he says Greg in all the different ways that he says it. My favorite one is probably "We tested this, Greg," and it's just I, oh, yes. I, I love I love his uh, line deliveries. Yeah, I there are definitely actors that we're going to overlook and that's not because we didn't like them. Um, I think Nicholas Braun as Greg was probably a bit short shrifted this season in terms of the writing, because I think it had almost moved past his character. Uh, His character never really grew to be any more than the bumbling guy, even though he, you know, he did work his way to the top or towards the top. He he had his 200 K salary, even though it was being bumped down to 20, 30, 40 K. Uh, right. He he never really was actually taken seriously.
1: I think he lost his seriousness when he lost out on a quarter billion dollars. Like, yeah. who does that? Like, who does that?
0: I'm. Lo- I love you, but I'm taking legal action against you. Yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he was when he started suing Greenpeace, that's when the, right. the
2: downfall yeah, started. It's
1: like, can you can you sue Greenpeace? Like, I don't think he can do that, but go ahead.
2: Also, though, Frank and Carl this season batted about a thousand.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They were like the Caleb Martins of this, uh, this. Oh, sorry, please. Rob. I forgot no. your <laughs> I swear I forgot. <laughs> I mean, they just came off the bench every episode and like hit a couple threes and were just like perfect. I forget the actors' names, but they were amazing. I like, they were. Frank and Carl were like kind of afterthoughts for me. And then like by halfway through this fourth season, I was like, man, I love these guys.
0: David Rashi is Carl. Uh, I'm looking up Frank, uh, Peter Friedman. Yeah, just want to yes. give credit where it's due. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, those two guys, and especially when they're like, we should have slit his throat at the cradle about Tom at the very end and talking about <laughs> yeah. the golden parachutes. It's, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, let's start. Let's let's start wrapping up a little bit. Uh, I wanted to just talk about the very ending. We we've hit it on hit on it a few times, but. Um, this isn't the point. The point isn't to like theorize about what's gonna happen next, uh, right. or like if there's gonna be spinoffs. So that's not what I'm asking. I don't know. What What do you think of of what where everyone ends up kind of says about them, and or just the show and its themes as a whole? Because I I thought, you know, my main thing watching a show is like what is gonna be the final shot, or watching a finale of a show is like what's gonna be the final shot. How How exactly right. is this gonna wrap up? Because it's, it's obviously different than a movie. Like we have 40 hours of these people in their, and their lives. So where is it going to end? So seeing, you know, the way that the music stops and we get about a second and a half of just the water with Kendall, to me, that signals that like, he's not going to be okay. And that that's about where we're leaving Kendall. And similar with Tom and Shiv, like you were talking about, Caleb, they're equals now, but also Tom talks about how he's basically a yes man, so Madsen can can kick him out whenever he wants on a whim. And I think with Roman, it's almost a happy ending for him. Like he has that smile. The last shot isn't a like the last shot isn't a smile, but he kind of is happy to be out. Like you were saying. So I just wanted to to see if you guys had any specific takes on like the final moments for each of the characters and how it all wraps up.
1: I felt the same way Um, with that ending. I felt like um, that final shot with uh, Tom and Shiv like when Tom just like flips his hand over and he's just mm-hmm. waiting for her to take it because he knows she's going to take it. It was almost kind of sad in a way. I kind of felt sad for Shiv because in a, she put herself in that position but also she's still kind of in that um, in that like type of power like because her husband's the CEO and she's like the wife of the CEO and it's still her family company but is not ran by her family but like but family by marriage so it still works in her favor but it's just like not the same for her as if she were to take over because it would have been like a whole different story but um with Roman I just thought it was just a good ending for him because it was like that smile it was kind of like a satisfying smile of him saying like i'm free like mm-hmm. i don't have to like yeah. deal with this anymore like he's wiped his hands of it he's completely done and him with Kendall, unfortunately like you said for Kendall, it's just not gonna end good for him it's just like i feel he's just gonna fall apart while everybody else is kind of like living he like within the next few years it's like we might end up seeing like you know like Kendall Roy, like, you know, OD, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. That's how I feel like his ending would be.
2: Yeah. You know, I think um, one of the ideas of this show is, you know, with all these billionaires and they don't know any better about like what's <laughs> like decision making and what's going on. Then they don't have any more emotional intelligence than we do. But right. yet, you know, they're operating in this like power with this power that like a lot yeah. of them have just been handed down to. You know, I, I think there's, right some commentary on nepotism too, you know, a lot of these kinds of industry that have like passed stuff on to their kids. The kids aren't like, aren't good at like handling this stuff. And we've seen this, you know, a real life examples of this, like all the time. Um, And I I think kind of like Chantel said, like, you know, Kendall lost everything and, you know, Roman, he has that slight, it's like a faint smile, and uh, like, he kind of ends like more, you know, I guess happier than everybody else. And, you know, Tom and Shiv, uh, kind of like I touched on earlier, you know, like Tom has always, I think, been the most honest with himself about who he is. Right. And like, I, I think you could kind of count it as a happy ending for him because all he he's been like, especially in this last season, like he's just been doing whatever it takes to stay in, like, he just wants to appear like he has power. He doesn't care as much about whether he actually has it. He just wants to appear. He wants to, you know, to walk into the boardroom and people to clap for him and to be able to put on the suit and walk around. He's the most powerful person. He gets that in the end. Um, but you think right. about the fact that, you know, they lost each other. You know, they had a sl- there was a slight chance that they could come out of it as like, maybe not a happy family, but at least like being right. in each other's lives and like kind of getting along. And yeah. it they lose it like that they lose it in the last you know 15 20 minutes of of the show you know that argument in the boardroom i don't think you come back from the stuff that they said to each other um and which is one of the other like true tragedies of the show and like talk you know it's another statement you know logan didn't build a functional family i mean he he passed down a lot of dysfunction to his kids and they just could never get out from under it and you know there was glimpses where you thought they might and they just fell right back in
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up a couple of those things real quick that um, I've always kind of respected Logan in a way that he did build all this himself. You know, uh, he he didn't have it handed to him, especially after hearing Ewan's eulogy, just Mm -hmm. hearing everything that he went through, the two of them went through and how they how he still ended up on top. So in a way, I'm able to respect him more uh, and Tom more because they are self-made in a way or at least have some business acumen. Like Tom, of course, he cheated by marrying Shiv, you know, yeah. that's that yeah. helps you. But he did, you know, he was he, he knew how to give an interview uh, when right. Shiv or when uh, I'm sorry, Matson said, hey, can you pitch me, you know, and like, acknowledge when he was beat, you know,
2: like Tom. Yeah, Tom, you know, got out like earlier than the kids and just acknowledge, you know what? I'm not going to be the man. Let me just try. Like, let me just try to follow who the next man is going to be and make sure I'm important to them. Right.
0: right. And lastly, for me. You mentioned that final happy moment the meal fit for a king s- scene i
1: yes
0: if and when i re-watch this i think i might almost just end it there because yeah that's always what i've been rooting for if anything is just like come together be a family be functioning realize that that's what's the most important thing mm-hmm. realistically i'll watch to the right. end but like yeah. i cherish that scene so much uh just the way that they're making the smoothie for Kendall, Roman puts in the eggshells even after he cracks the eggs, you know, just everything about it. I, I kept saying to my wife as we were watching, I was like, I'm going to cherish each moment that the siblings are happy together because oh, yes. I know that it's could be the last. I honestly did not expect it to be in the final episode. I thought we had been long past it at that point. But just just to see them be silly and goofy uh it did bring me a little bit of joy only for, like you said earlier, Caleb, for it to leave me so empty because I knew realistically that it wasn't going to last. Um, And then, like you said, also there's almost 0% chance that they come back, that they have any sort of functioning relationship afterwards. You're right. Like Kendall's probably going to OD. And I, I would, if I had to put money on it, I would say weeks, like three weeks instead of three years, you know, it's just (laughs) like, it's it's happening soon. Yeah, I'm I, I'm just very happy for everything Succession gave me because it's so fun to think about and talk about and quote the lines. And even though <laughs> there's like so much depth and darkness to it, it is almost just like a fun show to watch. Um mm-hmm. and I'm glad that it remained true to itself to the very end. Same. For sure.
1: And it's like I have been I've been like trying to get people to watch it. Just like uh I literally just talked to my uh to my boss the other day about it and i was just telling like my co-workers i'm like yeah i'm like it just ended it just ended and she was just like i tried to get into it but she was like i thought she was like the seasons were like all the same they were like it got mm. boring i was like no i'm like it does not get boring i'm like you just gotta stick it out i promise you i'm like it'll be the best choice you've ever made I'm like it's to me it's like one of them It's one of the, like, great, like, one of the greatest shows, like, HBO has, like, produced in a while. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can see Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, like, it left a huge hole in, like, TV and, like, content-wise. And, like, I mean, and, you know, (laughs) I've been telling people that it's the funniest show on TV. Oh, yeah. And people are like, what? That show? I don't get that at all from the trailers. I'm like, (laughs) you just have to try, just have to trust me. I'm like, just watch. Because, like, you will be laughing and then it'll flip. But, like, the, the funny lines were like hilarious like every i mean you Mm -hmm. could like i don't even know like there's you know there's compilations you can find and it's just line after line of just like killer (laughs) killer jokes and like just outrageous lines that you just wouldn't think would be in a show like this but they pull it off and i also just think like i think this show did at least political satire better than Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. anything in a in a while in my opinion um and i think That's just telling it how brilliant the show is, because I think it's really hard to do political satire right now. And a lot of people are trying and they're not doing it very well. And I think this show, especially this last season, did it so well. It was just like astounding uh, to watch and like watch them actually pull it off.
0: Funny to see Adam McKay's name in the credits every episode (laughs) when he did, in my opinion, terrible satire with Donald Gubb. Yeah, then, I'm not a
2: "Don't Look Up" fan, and so this was so refreshing to watch. I was like, yeah. I, I have a feeling I want to know how much McKay was involved because hopefully he took notes. If he tries to do another another satire again, because yeah, yeah I, this I was a was lot crazy. more.
1: Effective. It's like I thought it was crazy seeing Will Ferrell's name all the time.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I
1: was like, it's like just seeing their names. I was like, this is like they really have something to do with the show. I was like, really? What's going on? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll finish off. By uh I forgot to mention that Greg and Tom, they were the two that I think did get a happy ending, like unequivocally for the show. Like that's about as happy an ending as anyone's gonna get.
1: Putting yeah. the
0: putting the sticker on Greg's forehead, like <laughs> on on YouTube, you can look up people have like cut together rom com trailers for oh my god Tom and Greg. That's and incredible. It, I love that's them kind of so great. much. And that that's just a perfect cap. I I think it's great. I, it's one of those little things that really didn't matter to you know. It's nice that to for Tom to have his assistant, but just that they followed through with that. That was the one perhaps fan servicey thing. Yep. Yeah. I think with I think that'll be a good place to stop. We'll we'll leave it on a positive note, on a happy yeah. loving note, uh, which is not good. what Succession <laughs> is is normally known for. But <laughs> thankfully the three of us loved it. Um, most people loved it. Let, let us know what you think. If if you love Succession as well. Um, quick reminder that Sif Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. If you're interested in writing for SifPop.com and if you want to chat with people like us on Slack uh, and get to know us on Twitter or if you want to get in contact with us then you can email us at writersroom at SifPop.com. Aaron... And Mike actually did two other TV show reviews for Barry and for Ted Lasso. So that should be in your feed just before these two episodes. So if you want to go check those out with that, I think until next time we have to get back to the writer's room.